1: A graphic novel, a TV show Well, it's not TV, it's HBO And will this thing succeed? And by how much, man? Some might cheer and some might scoff Because it's Damon Lindelof But either way, we're off To watch some Watchmen Watchmen. Talking Watchmen. Analyzing Watchmen.
0: Maybe arguing over Watchmen. Welcome to Watchmen Watch, a podcast about Watchmen where we watched it already 35 minutes ago, but also several days ago. And now we're going to talk about the first episode of the show. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And this is the bonus episode, sort of an episode 1.5, if you will, where we're going to be talking about theories and uh, ideas. We're going to be talking about the promo, taking some of your tweet questions and ideas that you sent us uh, on this episode. This will just roll out in the Watchmen Watch podcast feed. So please do subscribe and comment. Comments help us a lot on iTunes. Yeah. And also, that's where we get our questions. That is.
1: About ourselves and yeah. about the show.
0: Listen, if you want something about love or life or whatever it is, that's what Watchmen is about.
1: Exactly. And that's where you go when you have a question about your personal life. You go to the comment thread of a podcast <laughs> about a television show. That's where you go. Absolutely. That's, that's the new public square.
0: Oh, is it?
1: Yes, exactly. I heard
0: they're revising Hamilton, so he, instead of walking into the square, he just uh, goes online. On a comment
1: there. Oh, what yeah. a great update. <laughs> I, everyone fine. would love it if uh, Hamilton was more updated. And yeah, modern. and
0: if he's, like, kind of whispering sort of to his house, he's like, my well, Alexander Hamilton. Just your way, just your way. You know, something yeah. like that. You're yeah. like, oh, I'm, I paid thousands of dollars for these tickets. I can't, I can't hear anything. I can't hear anything. He's mumbling while he types <laughs> on a laptop,
1: which is what people in my life do anyway.
0: Yes. So we are going to talk about spoilers for the first episode throughout this, most likely. Uh, so if you yeah. haven't watched the first episode, a, watch that. B, go back, listen to our podcast episode for, uh, oh, my God, I'm blanking on it. It's summer and we're running out of ice. Yep. Is that the name of the episode? Um, but let's talk about what rolled out right after the episode first, which yes. is they gave a look at the weeks ahead. Yes. Uh, which I think you accurately said, wow, that's a bunch of images. A
1: lot of information. Uh, yes. Quick image, quick looks at stuff we don't can't really parse here. Right. But I think we can make some guesses as sure. to what's going on a little bit. It's, or, it's, or
0: at least talk about some of the more exciting things that happen in that particular footage. What would you take away, Justin?
1: Well, it starts with, like, um, solving Judd's murder right. uh, Nash Bridges, Um where we get his <laughs> wife being like, you catch these fuckers. Now, that brings up the question, uh, which a lot of speculation already happening, is Judd who he said he was in that first episode? Right. Um, and it's hard to tell. Yes. Uh, And I think that is
0: perhaps one of the central mysteries of the show. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how much this follows the structure of the comic, because in the comic, it does kick off the murder of Eddie Blake, the comedian who we very quickly find out was a absolutely awful guy over the course of the next couple of issues. If we're going to find out the same thing about Don Johnson, I think we speculated about that a bit in the last episode. That would yeah. certainly make a lot of sense. But again, are they going in their own path? Are they sticking to the arc of the comic book? One thing that I'm very curious about that I haven't seen anybody talk or write about, uh, but I can't get out of my head, is there are nine episodes of this show Versus 12 issues of Watchmen Right And the 12 issues of Watchmen Of course it's 12 hours on the clock That's why they did that That's part of that there As well as the fact that 12 issues for a mini series Of a comic book makes sense But nine is different Like you're inherently going it's to have A different, different number Yeah Well but you understand what I'm yes, saying no, right? I do <laughs> Even if you're making fun of me
1: uh, No you know your numbers And no one has ever questioned Listen
0: you. Can I just throw it out there real quick One Two, three, four, Careful, five, don't get six, cocky. Don't get seven, cocky. ten.
1: Yo, oh. Those are big ones to miss, oh, too, man. because that's where the uh, Watchmen's going to end. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but, I, yeah, I do think uh, you're saying so The if they're trying to match the arc of the right. comic book series, it's going to be a little bit compressed in any way you tell
0: it here. Exactly. Uh, but to your point, I think we will find out more, certainly, about Judd as they explore the murder. I don't think there's any way around that. At the very least, who Louis Gossett Jr. is and what he's doing at the bottom of that tree. Uh, The other thing that I saw somebody mention online, and I looked for this tweet and I could not find it, but I thought this was such a smart thing to bring up about the murder uh, was they were saying they were just happy that Damon Lindelof finally got to do the thing he wasn't allowed to do in the first episode of Lost. And I don't um, know if you remember what it is. Uh, I, I can, I'll describe it for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so the original plan for the first episode of Lost was they were going to have the part of Jack played by Michael Keaton. That's yeah. ideally who they wanted. And at the end of the first episode, Michael Keaton was going to die. Yeah. And so the idea there is that you have this, at the time, huge star, still. Still, dude, even still. bigger. Yes. Birdman. Birdman. Birdman himself. Birdman, Vulture, Batman—all sorts of flying stuff.
1: He loves. He's he's bird. He's going to be a bird. Yeah, he's eventually slowly turning
0: into an actual bird. So Michael Keaton was supposed to die. He was going to be billed as the star. You wouldn't know about it. And it'd be a big surprise. Uh, and that's I think what they pulled off here.
1: Yeah. Uh, in but I do think we're going to see him again. That's the thing. Yes. Is uh, it's not like the end of his story. Uh, we haven't. We know nothing about him. We know very little about any of the characters in this right. uh, story so far. And I think this—the first episode did such a good job of giving us just enough to be like, "This is amazing," without uh, revealing anywhere near what most television shows do yeah. about their characters and the plot coming forward.
0: Let's get back to the promo. Were there any other images or things that jumped out to you? Uh,
1: well, there's a lot of. Uh, it feels like there's a lot closing in on the town after, like the Judd's murder, maybe sets off this chain of events where they're the big, the Seventh Cavalry seems to be making their move, while um, a bunch of FBI agents and other uh, uh, I guess heroes, are closing in on Tulsa uh, for the rest of this series.
0: Yeah, the couple of things that jumped out to me, one, I, I don't think these are necessarily spoilers. These have been out there. They certainly said what the characters' names are. Uh, but two characters we haven't seen yet that we will see in the series, and they showed off scenes of at New York Comic Con. One of them is Laurie Bre- Blake, played by Gene Smart. She is exactly who you think she is. She yeah. is the... Uh, Former Silk Silk Spectre She has taken on the last name of Eddie Blake The comedian um, In some supplementary material Which I want to get to in a second They fleshed out a little bit more of this Uh, But she's going to be showing up in town as an FBI agent Um, There's also Another character named Lady True That again they only showed off A brief scene of at New York Comic Con But you see her played by Hong Chow In the trailer And the stuff that we know about her is that She is a trillionaire I believe she bought Adrian Veidt's company Mm. And she's doing something in town Yeah Uh, The scene that they showed off I think connects to the scene Where you see her outside Standing on the porch With that family uh, Where something's falling out of the sky Yeah Uh, Don't know for sure But there's The scene was She comes in It's her introduction scene And gives this family Three minutes to sell their farm And that's all you know Like you don't know Why she wants it You don't know What's going on But clearly There's mysterious Weird stuff going on With her Perhaps to capture Whatever lands on the land I think so Yeah Uh, And then The last thing That I think we probably Should talk about Is that last shot where somebody with blue hands seems to be ordering a beer. Yeah. Uh, I think that's Mr. Blue Hands. Yeah, it could be any blue-handed man. Do you think this is where it connects to Firefly, uh, two-by-two hands of blue? Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, definitely, I feel like they're definitely trying to connect it to a series uh, from uh, what the early aughts that, yeah, uh, like that was canceled before they ever dealt with that mystery.
0: Yeah, I think a good thing for HBO to do is take their already relatively small subscriber base and attach it to a cult show that also has a similarly small uh, base, and you know, just really really winnow off those viewers. Eventually, every show will have an audience of one. <laughs> it's Doctor Manhattan. Uh, him ordering a beer makes a lot of sense because. In the book, that's his one of his last human memories. It's a thing that he keeps returning to, where he shared a beer with his uh, former girlfriend, uh, and that's sort of the moment that keeps him anchored to humanity. So I think we're going to see him go back to that.
1: Yeah, uh, we're definitely going to see him at some point. I feel like we're going to see. I feel like we see uh, Night Owl in this uh, promo for a brief second. The uh, red. No, there's a dude you see jump into frame um, from behind oh, who okay. seems like it has a cape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I That was my guess is who, who that is. Um, or an, maybe a night owl third, the third.
0: Now, so let me take a side trip into the supplementary material yes. for a second. So HBO... Uh, Damon Lindelof gave a ton of interviews About the episode And one of the things that he said They wanted to do that they didn't end up doing Is they wanted to have post-credit sequences On every episode Like the end material in Watchmen But ultimately that ended up being too confusing To put together It was too much um, And they couldn't quite get it The way they wanted to get it So they decided to just concentrate on the episodes However, it seems like HBO is actually going for it, And at least after this first episode uh, They have a a sub-website called P. Peteypedia, uh, which is based on this FBI agent named Petey. We are going to meet him later on. He, again, was shown off in the New York Comic Con scene with Gene Smart. He seems to be a fresh faced uh, superhero aficionado that is teaming up with her and heading down to Tulsa. Uh, and you get, there's a ton of documents on there. I didn't get a chance to read all of them. The one that I didn't get to read is uh, the article about Vite. Dying. Yeah. Um, that's the one that I did not get to before we taped. Uh, the reason I bring it up now is there's a whole breakdown he has of Rorschach's journal, and there's huge information in there. Yeah. Uh, one of the things is that Lori Blake, in the intervening time, took the name of the comedian mm. before she became Lori Blake FBI agent. And when it comes to Dan Dryberg, uh, it's unclear exactly when it happened, but apparently he was arrested and thrown in jail. And it seems like mostly for not giving up any information about Rorschach's journal or what was going on with Adrian Veidt or any of that stuff. Hmm. Uh, so uh, granted, there's the Keen Act, which puts vigilantes in jail. Um, so it might have been that as well. It's not totally clear, but.
1: I mean, it's interesting if he chose to keep the secret yeah. um, that he promised he would at the end of, in he and Laurie, I guess, at the yeah. end of the Watchmen comic book.
0: Yeah, Uh, I'm trying to remember the other details in there Because there's a ton of stuff in that document in particular The weirdest detail, I think, is he compares He talks about uh, the idea He doesn't think Adrian Vite is dead They've Mm. declared him dead Because he's been gone for eight years Uh, But Petey does not think he's dead And his recommendation is they keep the question of him being alive or not uh, Open in the eyes of the public Uh, so that it doesn't rile up the 7th Cavalry or anything like that. Right. Uh, And he mentions, as a similar example, uh, a certain singer from Memphis who was said to be dead and then eventually turned up alive in Hawaii singing. So in the continuity of Watchmen, Elvis is still alive. Elvis is alive. Elvis is alive. Can't wait for that. Maybe that's episode nine. Hopefully that's the big reveal. Maybe he's Dr. Manhattan.
1: Uh, All the the Adrian Veidt stuff in this trailer, uh, in this promo, makes me think, What like, What's the deal with him? Has he lost his mind?
0: Yeah, I don't Uh, know.
1: It does feel that way. It feels like he's someone who maybe... um, If if we wanted to punish him from uh, all the sins he committed in the Watchmen comic book having him lose his mind and lose his ability to be this perfect man, I think makes a lot of sense. And it also makes him the villain that perhaps he's always been for this series.
0: Now we do know that they filmed this stuff separately. We don't know if it's totally going to connect if Jeremy Irons is going to turn up in the main narrative, but they've said that is like their Tales of the black freighter. And that's made very clear by the scene where he gallops on a horse past the flag from Tales of the black freighter. Yeah. Um, But the other thing that's very weird about it is all the steampunk stuff. Like everything is this very fantasy sci-fi technology things going on that don't really connect in any way to what we're seeing in the world outside.
1: Uh, He reminds me of uh, in Mary Poppins, Uh, Mary Poppins, the uh, character that um, has the cannon on the roof next door Mm -hmm. um, to the Darling family. Um,
0: That would be amazing if they could bring Watchmen, Firefly, and Mary Poppins finally together.
1: Yeah. Again, winnowing it down to one. But that's someone who is uh, sort of an old general who's gone mad and shoots a cannon off um, every hour of every day um, for no reason at all, it seems. And that feels like maybe what his role could be. He's a catalyst in doing weird things, but... He's lost his mind
0: Yeah Let's get to a couple of tweets uh, From folks A guy named uh, Tracy Todd On Twitter And by the way If you have questions Or theories or anything For any episode Watchmen watch one On Twitter Hit us up there And we will either Save them for the next Bonus episode Or chat about them On one of the podcasts Uh, He says How do you think The young boy and baby That survived the Tulsa riots Will fit into the story Later if at all
1: Uh, Well it seems like that's what uh, Louis Casa Jr., that's who he is. Right. He's holding the same piece of paper. The same piece of paper. And it does feel like the, in the promo, we get a moment where uh, where Sister Knight is questioning him, and it seems like she's suspicious that he is that boy. Um, I, he feels like sort of the canary in the coal mine for whatever is happening. So he, I bet he knows something else, and maybe we won't learn it for a little bit.
0: And I do think this seems like already, based on one episode, the sort of show that's not going to waste details. And they've also been very open about these nine episodes tell a complete story. It's not like you're going to get to episode nine and be like, but what about the Outrider or anything like that? Uh, They're going to connect everything. So... I don't think they're going to drop that and not explain what it was at any point going forward.
1: It feels like he's going to be a hero of some sort. He's set Mm -hmm. up. He's watching the silent film of the hero in the beginning of the, uh, the first episode. I, I would be surprised if he's somehow on the wrong side of the story in, in a villain capacity. Yeah. Um, I do think because this uh, first season of Watchmen, uh, or at least the first episode, feels to be like heavily focused on race, I think he may be sort of at the center of that
0: storyline for this. Yeah. Um, I'd also suggest, getting back to the supplementary material, one of the things that they put up as well is an article about that film that he's watching uh, and Bass Reeves, the uh, black marshal of Oklahoma, uh, and it contextualizes a lot of that with uh, with Hooded Justice, with Night Owl, with everybody else. It seems like it's a modern showing at a theater in Tulsa that is bringing that movie back with a new score. Uh, so it doesn't seem to add a lot of information, but it certainly... Clarifies a lot of what that is In terms of the themes And what you're talking about With black versus white Yeah Um, Because they do point out that In that movie that he's watching You have a white sheriff Wearing white But he's the bad guy And you have the black sheriff Wearing black But he's the good guy Uh, And that's what we talked about A lot on the last episode Is this show seems very free To switch things back and forth And let the viewer decide for themselves
1: Yeah And that short film Ends with like no, let's not have mob justice. Like, Bass Reeves is desperately trying to Uh, keep people calm when fear is overtaking them and in this promo we also have Veit saying fear is what he wants to control yeah so I do think that that short film at the top of that first episode will have a lot of resonance with the overall story
0: yeah Uh, he also notes uh, Tracy Todd notes uh, the symmetry and detail packed into the framing compositions are perhaps one of the most endearing homages to the depth packed into the panels of the original Moore Gibbons work Uh, I saw a couple of people pointing this out online, and I thought that was a very smart point, that every frame is very packed. Uh, I would argue, just based on the setting, purposely not as packed as Gibbons made it, because he was mostly working in a New York that was overflowing with garbage and graffiti and dirt, versus this Tulsa is relatively middle class and clean, I think. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I, I think that's apt.
1: Uh, definitely, and I think the like th- what comes to mind thinking about that is the the cattle that get just like totally yeah. blown apart in that first episode, like super red, like gloopy blood coming out everywhere, like just really leaning into the color palette and like different textures, uh, very much reminiscent of the comic book.
0: This is another thing that I saw a couple of folks calling out online that really did strike me in the first episode, and we didn't talk about, um, but. The cinematography in it is excellent. And in particular, this is going to sound crazy at first, but they did a very good job of lighting for the African-American actors. Yeah. Like, uh, Which
1: is, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not, a lot of shows fuck that up. Well, I, I've worked on a lot of TV shows yeah. where it's like, hey, this is all
0: fucked up. Yeah. I, I don't know if uh I actually really like this show a lot. Uh, there's a new show on CBS called Evil yeah. that stars Mike Coulter and Katya Harbers. Uh and the show's great. It's terrifying, it's really well done. But every episode it drives me insane because they have Katya Herbers who is very pale and Mike Coulter, who is very dark in the same frame, and they're lighting for Katya Herbers. And I'm like, yeah. you idiots. No, yeah. you can't like you cannot see Mike Coulter in this yeah. frame. And it's infuriating. But here uh, the specific point that they were calling out was Regina King in an all black costume running across a field at night, and you could perfectly see what's going on. Yeah, out. it's
1: so well amazing. Made. So, and well that's so difficult.
0: Yes. Uh, and last thing, uh, Tracy Todd says uh, When do we see the Black Freighter fit into the story? What if it's been transformed into a hugely successful film transfi- uh, franchise in the Watchmen HBO universe and a nod to the dominance of Marvel and general ubiquity of comic book movies? Uh, that would be pretty funny.
1: It would pay off, uh, sort of the big joke from the Watchmen uh, comic book series in yeah. a great way.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, the The thing that I think they're doing instead, and again, this comes from a lot of interviews that Lindelof has done over the past week. But we see all those ads for American Hero story, and yeah. I think we talked about this in the last podcast. Uh, but these uh, Lindelof was inspired by Ryan Murphy, like he was going for apparently very campy, very. Uh, Silly, over-the-top Ryan Murphy shows versus American Crime Story, which is pretty serious and very well done. Um, And I think that's the thing that they're going to work in. Not necessarily Marvel movies so much as this TV show because they're a TV show that's commenting on TV shows. Would be my take.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you think there's an audience for like a hopeless, hollow uh, pirate movie franchise? In the, in the real world? In the real
0: world? Yeah. Like one that's just like completely bereft of any sort of exploded It's bloated creative, and, yeah. and it keeps
1: going on. It's like the Tales of the Black Freighter talks about the bloated uh-huh. corpses. Sort of yeah.
0: like most of the action is them going back and forth between islands and betraying each other and talking a lot, even though there's also ghosts that they seem to be ignoring. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, that's what I'm saying. you think there's room for that.
0: Mm, I'm going to say no.
1: Uh, great. Good call.
0: Excellent. This is from Jessica on Twitter as well. Uh, just can't help feeling Sheriff Judd is a bad Bad dude, or at least hiding the full truth. I need to know where my podcast bros stand on Judd.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about it. I think Judd is going to be revealed to be a bit of a bad dude. Yeah. He was a little too, like, smarmy and smiling. And the scene especially when he's um, talking to the uh, police officer who is um, shot and survives, uh, we think, um, at the top of the episode, he seems like he's checking on her to make sure she doesn't talk. And there's this just sinister moment where he's – ostensibly is helping her. She's like, um, he liked you. And because the police officer is not dead, he's like, he likes me. Like he corrects
0: her that she's, yeah. he, uh, that oh, he's you, actually... Oh, you st- took that as sinister?
1: I, it, it felt, it sounded like he was being okay. nice, but to me, it all there was a, a sinister undertone to it, I felt.
0: Yeah. The, the other thing uh, that I think ties into the overall theme as a watchman, both the show and the book, is that he seems sure of himself. Like he is very confident in what he's doing. And in Watchmen, the good guys are always the ones that are like, I don't know. I don't know if I should do this. I'm not sure if this is right. But then you have people like Adrian Veidt that are 100% confident in what they're doing and barrel through no matter what. And uh, Judd seems the same way where he's like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going for it. Even if he admits that weakness very briefly, to uh, to Angela Abar when they're standing outside the house, he follows it up with tick-tock-tick-tock, tick-tock, which is a weird it's provocation. Weird for him to say that. That's the catchphrase of the Seventh Cavalry.
1: I mean, every uh, hate group has a catchphrase, uh, right. and that's theirs. Um, also, the way, like, when he was leaving uh, before where he's eventually murdered, he's like, it's my funeral. Like he seems like he is being comedian esque, like making fun of the fact that all of this horrible stuff is happening. And he seems to have a point of view and sort of a philosophy that exists outside of the moral structure of these people. And maybe that's something about the world of this Watchmen series, but I feel like it's something about him. And he's almost like Cheshire catting his way through that first episode.
0: Yeah. I would say uh, to that point, Something I've been thinking about a lot is how they really effectively took all of the characters from Watchmen and exploded them outwards and just spread them across everybody. So it isn't like, that's your comedian character, that's your Rorschach. It's kind of like everybody's a little bit Rorschach, everybody's a little bit comedian. Yeah. Um, everybody, We talked about this on the last podcast. Everybody has a little bit of Night Owl. Uh, it's kind of all over the place a little bit, and I think that's really fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's cool, and we're going to get to see those little character bits teased out of each of the characters we have in front of us now i also think there's some i don't know oklahoma well enough uh, maybe someone out there does and they can uh, tweet at us like i think there are some clues because the, the the character of judd there's a judd character in oklahoma yeah who is sort of the villain but also he's a love interest and also there's something there that right. i don't know enough about the musical to tease out but like If someone else knows it, I think there's some clues there. Oklahoma weighs so heavily on this first episode. The name of the episode, the fact that Oklahoma is in it, the fact that um, Judd sings the... A song from Oklahoma, which maybe is the Judd song from Oklahoma. Like, it's all wrapped up in there, and it feels like an important text that... um,
0: Right. I I agree with you completely, whereas the singer is like, oh, my brain can't quite get there to what this necessarily means for the overall narrative. But we also might not know until the ninth episode exactly how it pays off.
1: Do you think if we go see Oklahoma on Broadway, they'll
0: mention Watchmen in the... I didn't want to say this, but I bought us two tickets.
1: Man, let's go to Broadway. To go see
0: Frozen on Broadway. Oh, Let wait, it go. Let, oh, a wrong musical? I think they're different. Frozen in Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. Last one from John George. Was that Hooded Justice jumping through that convenience store window?
1: The, uh, uh, this is from Oh this is from a, the promo. From the promo. I said it was Night Owl. It could be Hooded Justice as well. Yeah. I don't know if that makes more or less sense. Uh,
0: I don't know. It could be the Hooded Justice from the American Hero story, potentially. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that could be a clip from the... Or I guess right. the clip from the movie,
0: potentially? Yes.
1: Um,
0: this, this is another thing, actually. I know I keep mentioning the supplementary material, but... Uh, yeah, you love
1: supplements. I love it. I don't even, you know you what? sell supplements on the side. I do right? brain pills. Yeah, nice. I call them. Oh.
0: They're, it's going very well. They're mostly worms and capsules, but uh, they'll take care of your brain. I wouldn't reveal that secret quite yet. It says it on the bottle. It's uh-huh. worms. They'll take care of your brain. All uh, right, cool. Well, uh, more power to you. Tell you what, I don't know what I'm saying right now to... Uh, too, too much of my own horn. You know what I'm talking about? Dr.
1: Zalbitt's brain pills. <laughs> it's mostly worms for your brains. Yes.
0: The American Hero story, this is not the first season of American Hero story uh, because Petey calls out that there was a previous season that basically threw Rorschach under the bus and made him a whining, sniveling asshole. Mm. Uh, and seem, seemingly, that whole season focused on him. This whole season that we're watching right now seems to focus on the Minutemen in particular. Um, so yeah, again, I don't know necessarily if that is hooded justice from that show, but um, it's certainly, from the coloring, it looks very different to me than the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, don't we want to touch
1: on each of our main characters from the Watchmen comic book? in some way. Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't know if I want to. I like the characters that we've met so much, and one of my favorite things about the pilot is that it existed in the world without being beholden to the original book. You know? True,
1: and I'm not saying we have to be beholden to it, but I do think, I think if you you're uh, if you're doing a remix or you're riffing on something, you sort of want to hit all of the, the tent. Pins. Sure. And it feels like... So much of the Watchmen comic book was about looking back at legacy, uh, like with Night Owl and uh, like what we did in the past and how that's affecting the present. I feel like touching all of the characters, obviously, Laurie's going to be already in the series. Dr. Manhattan, I think, is going to show up for sure. Vite is there already um i I want to see what Night owl is doing. I feel like he's someone who would also try to pass his mantle so that he yeah. can be the Hollis Mason to this new character and i'd like I think that'd be a cool way to pay him off
0: yeah listen um it it is going to be exciting to see all of them and see all these hints and see all these teases. I'm just always very wary about i uh, I want them to create their own thing, you know that's what I want the show to be Hey is-
1: Alex big news they already did oh, yeah <laughs> they, yeah they get to watch Woo. the whole thing
0: You know what? I'm going to treat myself to two tickets to Frozen on Broadway. Oh,
1: definitely. The
0: ultimate Watchmen tie-in. Listen, I have a deal tied up with these braid bills where i got to sell Frozen tickets at the same time.
1: Oh, cool. That's a (laughs) a multi-level marketing scam that no one
0: understands.
1: (laughs) Also, the lotion you sold me gives me rashes.
0: That's part of the features.
1: (laughs) Most lotions take away rashes. This one gives you one. (laughs) Rash be
0: here? Yeah. Good. Anyway, if you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Watchmen. On Twitter, Watchmen Watch 1. On Instagram and Facebook, Watchmen Watch Podcast. As mentioned, we will be back with the full-length episode after the episode airs for episode 2. But we'll keep doing these in-between episodes if you guys like them, if you want them. Uh, And do leave us a comment on on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. And remember, we taped this podcast 35 minutes ago.
1: Technically, Elsa built the same frozen castle on the top of the mountain that Dr. Manhattan built on Mars, so maybe there is a connection uh, they're here. Both
0: blue!